Bring it up for Ohio State. You've waited all day for this. Don't let that team stand in the way. He's going to take it to the house. 85 yards. Down the right side going Devin Smith. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. The one show that's nothing but the Buckeyes. Oh, Rocker for the touchdown. Kraft shoots it high on the right for three. This is the Buckeye Show. What's going on, Buckeye fans? I hope you had a great weekend. We have made it to Championship Monday. It is not the Monday that we wanted, but we charge on nonetheless. I'm Timmy Hall. We got our man Bodie Wells back there. It's good to see you, boys. My co-host tonight, he smells good all the time. No, it's not Tyvis Powell. It's our man who does everything, every single thing around here. Ryan Baker, everybody. Listen, I think... Tyvis is a wonderful smelling gentleman too, and I'm glad. So is Devere. To, I'm I'm glad to be either of their backups at any mm-hmm. time with you, Timmy. Devere's got more of a thick cologne scent to him. He does. He, he loves loves that cologne. There is nothing subtle with no, Devere. No, he wants you. He wants you to know. And yours is more like a common man says you smell like a dryer sheet. Mm-hmm. I say you're more like a menthol Irish spring type of scent like a good shaving cream like a good foamy shaving cream type of scent i think that i will take all of those because it beats, good. it beats the alternative so. it's good yeah yeah i i like something that's you know simple like I, i'm a i'm a mitchum uh, we go that route now i'm a mitchum deodorant <laughs> guy because i always mitchum. i need something thick you know i need something thick for the perspiration i once had the surgery you know that about me i did not to know take this. away the sweat glands from under my arms you want to know something funny? I have always hated, I always hated deodorant marks on your clothes. Terrible. I've yeah. always tried to get away from those. Those little white streaks that get under your T-shirt, the darker colored T-shirts. Yes. I am yeah. strictly a spray deodorant guy now. My grandfather was a spray deodorant guy growing up, I remember, and I always thought that was first, weird. First era spray deodorant yeah, guy. Yeah. First generation. I always thought that was weird. I understand now. I'm strictly spray deodorant. So is that a dry spray on? It has to be, right? Like aerosol dry spray? Yeah. yeah. Like, like where the, uh, it's like degree, like, I don't know. Sure, a couple brands. The degree black and white, like I was trying to use with the, because uh, yeah. it was supposed to not make marks, but then they, uh, the then, spray does not. Then they had the, the wet roll-on. Who I the remember he- that. What kind of maniac is going is picking the wet roll-on deodorant? Why would you want to feel wetness down there when the sole purpose is to be dry? Listen, I don't know. I, I will tell you, I tried that in the in the trying to get rid of the deodorant marks, but then I couldn't put a shirt on for 30 minutes after putting <laughs> on deodorant. Because then I would have wet marks. So <laughs> Well, you know what? I'll say this. There's a reason that we might start this show by talking about perspiring because (laughs) these are two different Mondays that Ohio State's football program is having and Michigan's football program is having. That's why I didn't give you a score prediction yet. I'll, I'll have one of those by the end of the night, but the cat was already out of the bag in the crosstalk segment right there. I just feel... Like this season, sadly, I don't want it to. Again, you know where I'm at on that side of the fence. It does nothing for me to see Michigan win. It doesn't do anything for me to see anyone else in the Big Ten win. Ohio State, to me, is the conference. 
They can go out and have whatever kind of season they want to have. If they win the national championship, I don't care who says what about, oh, well, the Big Ten was a little bit weak. You're not playing the other big dogs in the Big Ten if it's a weak conference, then you go and win a national championship. You're playing some dude in the national semifinal, like Michigan had to beat in Alabama, and then you have to go beat somebody else to win the title. I don't care about that. I just feel like with everything that's happened, and we're here firing a safeties coach that we'll talk about we're uh, trying to get excited about a, a transfer running back on campus, which you know you should get excited about that. We'll talk about that later in the show. I just feel like it's going to end bad, Baker, that Michigan's going to seal the deal and we'll just be left to point the finger about the sign-stealing cheating. That's the only thing that we'll have. Listen, your Big Ten argument here doesn't matter because Washington's here next year. They're a Big Ten team. The effect comes to the Big Ten. Good. So it doesn't matter. Whoever good. wins tonight is good for the Big Ten. It's good for the league. I just I just can't believe the football gods you don't think? will let Michigan win a national championship with a coach that has been suspended twice this year. I just don't think the football gods will let it happen. Yeah, I believe in the football gods too. You know who I'm else I don't do. you know who else I don't think will let that happen? Michael Penix Jr. Michael the Penix real Jr. The, the rightful Heisman Trophy winner in my mind. He was my pick. He was mine. And look, I just think, so what if he didn't have the rushing numbers, right? It's it's not just about statistics being the most outstanding football player. I also think, and I don't know, I don't know why they can't make this adjustment, but why can we not wait until the football is done <laughs> yeah. before logging that pick? You should. It's a, it's a regular season award. I know we have regular season awards in the NFL too, but when you're talking about the Heisman Trophy, I just think there's a certain kind of esteem that comes with that that maybe. And the sport has grown and changed a lot since the Heisman Trust began. And we were handing out all these trophies to every guy that played at Navy or Army and Notre Dame way back in the day. You can maybe take a look at that. But either either way, even before the, the break and then going to the college football playoff, Michael Penix Jr. had two big wins against Oregon. And they didn't lose a single football game. And he has a absolute cannon for an arm and has put up amazing numbers as a passer. He just didn't have the other thing, which was rushing for 900 to 1,000 yards, which is obviously impressive from Jaden Daniels. I just don't know if he's the absolute you know, best player out there when you put him up against what Michael Penix can do for a great offense. No, and Jaden Daniels did that for a team. That had no chance at a national championship. No chance. no chance. You know, the best player should be playing for, you know, national championships, at least making the CFP the Final Four. I don't think that's always means that's the best football player. But I think Michael Penix Jr. was the best football player in America this year, outside of maybe a Marvin Harrison, who obviously didn't have quite the numbers to get in that Heisman uh, conversation. But Michael Penix was the the person that I believe was deserving. All right, so we got the national championship game tonight. 7.30, ESPN's coverage is going to start right here after our program. Don't go anywhere. We have a lot of football. We got, obviously, a lot of Buckeyes to talk about. Some Buckeye men's hoops as they lost this weekend. That's later in the 6 o'clock hour. And we have goodies, too. So be listening. We have some goodies to give to you fine fans. So you won't go away empty-handed if you're locked in this whole entire time. Staff change is in. Maybe not the first one. Maybe not the first one that people thought uh, the smart money was going to be on the special teams coach. But a contract is up. And Perry Eliano, safeties coach, which this would surprise some people because 
if you are not, you know, inside those walls, and I, I say this, you know, I'm, I'm saying this for me as well. It's hard for me to look on the surface of this football program and wonder what big problems there are with Perry Eliano. I've heard some things where maybe he's not the, the most relentless recruiter on the entire staff, but it's also not like he can't do it. I just think there was, I think they're going to be looking at a lot of these assistant coaches. Maybe that's what it tells you. The contract was up, so it's not so much a firing. Contract was up, second year of a two-year deal, and he will not be retained. But either way, Perry Eliano is out. That's the first big change to this coaching staff that we know of. You and I talked about this before the show. When I first heard this, the first thing that came to my mind was, this is their way of opening up a spot on the defensive staff for James Laurinaitis. Maybe they make Tim Walton yeah. the defensive backs coach uh, because we, you know, I think there's some serious talk to be had about Tim Walton being put in this Brian Hartline category with the recruiting job that Tim Walton's been doing, getting these top 10 DBs in multiple of them year after year after year. Uh, you were talking about maybe there was some recruiting issues with Eliano. We know that they didn't get KJ Bolden this year. They were in the running for him the safety that went to minnesota that just had the great game in the all-american bowl i mean he looked like the best player on the field uh this past weekend uh ohio state they thought they were going to flip him but in the end he decides to go to minnesota i don't know if any of that is i know one thing for two years we heard about how good kai stokes was supposedly going to be man this guy was great in you know spring ball and all this but we never saw him develop and really get on the field. I don't know if that's a Kai Stokes Could issue yeah, or no. if that's a Perry Eliano it, issue. It, so. It's going to get attached to you, right? Yeah. It has to get attached to you. And I mean, look, I mean, for one, we could also come up with some bright spots at the same time. Absolutely. Where Malik Hartford, Malik Hartford, you know, came in right away and looked like he'd have a lot to offer. But Lathan Ransom has turned into one of my favorite football players. He's battled some injury issues. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should be blamed for that. And some of these have been, you know, tough guy football injuries, like a broken leg mm-hmm. and sure. going two injuries ago now. And he raced back to be ready for the season. I thought that was really commendable how hard Lathan worked there. And he's just, he's such a good player on the back end. Tyvis just yesterday likened him to a Jordan Fuller, just sort of that warm blanket over the entire Buckeye defense that's mm-hmm. in front of him. Again, you could point to a guy like Jihad Carter who was brought yeah. in here and to be a safety or fill in one of those spots in Jim Knowles, you know, safety driven defense. And you, you hardly heard his name all year. And you know, what's funny on the same hand, I was done with Josh Proctor. I didn't need to see him ever again, but he turned into a pretty good player this year Absolutely. as well. So one of the leaders on the team too, there's, there's positives good and, bad. and negatives for sure. And he doesn't seem to be getting the credit for yeah. that. But I think the wasn't, isn't KJ Bolden. Did I hear that he's related to him? Perry Eliano is related to KJ Bolden. That may it's be possible. There was someone and that Perry Eliano was shaking his head. Yes, yes. I, think I remember yes. reading that in Eleven Warriors, their article about the Eliano stuff today. He was oh, related. And it, it makes it right even here. more than oh, you want that guy. KJ Bolden, his relative. It says right here in an Eleven Warriors article. It does. I'm looking at. Okay. Yeah. Maybe Ohio State uh, struggled to afford KJ Bolden. Yeah, could have been. <laughs> well, no. I mean, you you say it's that you fair. say that and you laugh, but here we are. I mean, the things, the stories that we hear, right? Like the stories that you hear about the numbers that are being attached to almost every single person that wants to take a look here. It's just, it's insane. It is, it is insane. It's one thing if it's a guy we'll talk about in the third segment tonight, Quinshawn Judkins, 
who's a star running back. I can't even imagine what that number is going to be. A star running back possibly wanting to come here. Will Howard, Kansas State quarterback, who comes here to Ohio State, what these numbers look like. But that's where you are, and the first staff changes in for Ohio State. More a little bit about the staff, right to the very top of it. Ryan Day, he's got himself a pretty important supporter right now. We'll tell you who and what was said. Ryan Baker's in with me. That's next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. A lot has changed in 30 years, but we're still that old shoe that feels worn in and well-loved. And, well, we smell a little, but you've accepted that. The fan. Block O on the radio. This is the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Ryan Baker tonight. Hope you guys are doing well. You can follow along and communicate with us on Twitter and X. We are at the Buckeye Show. Give us your thoughts on this dirty national championship game tonight. Dirty, gross. I I enjoyed the NFL Sunday yesterday. Always have a good time. You know, when you're wrapping up a season, no matter where my team is, there's just something about that. Now it's week 18 in the NFL that does it for me. Number two pick in the draft for your guys. Number two pick in the draft. I love that too. The second that it's done, you have the crappiest season imaginable <laughs> in your Instagram and your Twitter. Excellent. Ah, two overall. Yeah. Look how great we're. you suck. What are we doing? New coach. You can't celebrate that five seconds after the game is done. You need to be somber and in tears for a while. And that's then they Monday's fire Ron. For. Yeah, that's, that's Black what Monday's Monday. for. Fire Ron Rivera. Get him out of there. They were five weeks late there. But I, you know, clearly yesterday, you know, Jake Browning, the Bengals, Jake Browning's girlfriend with her bodysuit won the day. Just set the internet of aflame. It was, it was incredible. And now I didn't even think about this aspect that Jake Browning, he, he is a Husky. That dude is a proud Husky. Was a I good w- Husky. We forget about good, that. He yeah, was a really good, good quarterback player. there. He's one of these weird stories, right? Because you, you you open your eyes and you're like, oh, shoot, this guy's 27-28. He kind of was out of football. And then he gets his shot back here where it doesn't happen with the Minnesota Vikings. I just want to know, with all the moving and shaking that's been done there and everything that comes with it, you got you know Joe Burrow is a good friend now. He's given up the suite so we could have the, the imagery of Jake Browning's girlfriend for all these games. And... Are they going to the national championship game tonight? Is there a purple bodysuit that pops up on ESPN tonight? Maybe. I don't know. If there is there any kind of smart there is. I that's what let's I said. Ride this social media way. That's, what, <laughs> I, that's what, what I said yesterday. Well, look, we're here in a week eighteen game. Cincinnati is destroying Cleveland. A couple, you know, garbage touchdowns late. You get to you have the an easy road to get the winning season, which is important for Jake Browning on paper. He still fit that interception in there. Don't uh, no doubt about it. She should have gotten the Taylor Swift type of treatment. I mean, you know, more. Ta- Taylor who? That's what happens tonight <laughs> if she shows up in the purple bodysuit. Purple bodysuit coming to a national championship game near you. So we talked about the staff change. We're reeling it back into Buckeye football here. Perry Eliano not going to be back. Not going to be back with Ohio State. Baker's point was maybe that's room for James Laurinaitis, our old compadre here at the fan. And we're all pretty certain that that guy's, we know he's made of the right stuff. And we know, we know that because when you know a person, you know how great of a football player he was. I think he's, he's certainly going to make that transition to being a full blown coach. Yeah. And in Notre Dame already, he, he can do it. Pretty sure he can do the job. I think there's no way he doesn't become a full time assistant this year. 
No matter what it, no matter if this move. What's the, I mean? Is, what's the progression? It's on the Brian yeah. Hartline type of track. Absolutely. So I, I think that'd be great. The other thing you wonder: could there be a little trade swap? Kerry Combs back up, <laughs> position coach Perry Eliano back down to Cincinnati. Was is Kerry mm-hmm. still at Cincinnati? Did he just finish his second year there? Since, I think he went back. Yeah, since he left Ohio State. I just uh, Adam King from Ten TV was half joking when he said that back there, but. Uh, the possibilities could be endless for where Ohio State goes. That's it's going to be a very busy week. Yep, think special you'll see team. More. Hi, perfect special teams coordinator and cornerbacks coach at the University of Cincinnati. Kerry, what about safeties? Huh? Can you can you special coach teams? Some safeties? <laughs> special teams and safeties. Let's go. Special teams is a need. Well, two uh, birds, one stone. Exactly, Ryan. <laughs> but here we have not just new turnover. There's so much going on at Ohio State, right? When you think about the status of this football program. And they've got to have a very, very spirited and busy offseason to get everybody upbeat and positive by the time September rolls around. So you've got a new athletic director that's going to come in summer, sometime here in the summer in the next few months. Maybe something's going to happen there where the smooth transition can happen from Gene Smith to the next person. Mm-hmm. And you've got a new president at the university. And Ted Carter... Took over last week, but the students are on campus now. And he had his, you know, called his first public comments. And Ryan Day, the football team, as you normally would when you're the president of Ohio State, you've got something to say about the big cash cow, right? The the thing that has the most eyeballs. You know, he had a lot of other things that he hit on, too. He denounced anti-Semitism as you know, any good leader would come right out there and do but he had this comment about rivalries and college football. He said, I have a great respect for the biggest rivalries that exist in the country. As somebody that ran the Naval Academy, the Army-Navy game is a big or is as big a rivalry, second to the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. And he also said that Day is included in his plans for the team's future. I think Ryan Day would also say that our goals are to win the Big Ten and a national championship every year. We didn't meet that. But Ryan runs a fantastic program. He's our coach. I'm proud that he's our coach, and he will continue to be our coach. Oh, Ryan Baker, that is some politicking right there. Yeah, I mean, what's Whoa. he supposed to say? That right? is saying you know, what you got to say. Comments. And let's be honest, I don't think it matters what Ted Carter thinks. What matters is what the new athletic director that's hired in thinks after next football season, honestly. That's what really matters. Absolutely, it does. Yeah, it's the going to be the AD. Uh, Army Navy is awesome, by the way. I don't know if you've ever had any experience with that one. And other got than to check watching it, out it on when I was TV, a kid. I have not. So. Yeah, I got to check it out when I was a kid. But that's one of those sporting events that you know, like going to a game at Fenway or you know, going to the Rose Bowl, going to an Army Navy game. I think that's something that should be on everybody's list, right? It's it's the pageantry. But look, I mean, it all it all starts with figuring out how to beat Michigan again. Like that's. That's it. You can you're getting to a point now where there does need to be an adjustment with things and how we how we judge the season that has had. Because I've I've heard so many people getting at me because I've been pro going to twelve. I know that you're not, by the way. Just people know that about about Baker. Like you're you're not that way. And you'll you'll point to some of those articles that have you maybe, you know, pulled out who maybe the the 12 seed or like the 11 or what that random was. The one thing I think they're getting wrong is guaranteeing that the non-Power 5 team has to get in. I don't like that. I think if 
everyone agrees you're in the top 12, you should be in. But not if you're, you know, ranked 18th or something and you won, you're the sixth conference champion. I don't like that. But I don't think there should be any way. guaranteed spots. Agreed. Nobody. I'm, f- I'm fine with that. Not just for con- There's 12 spots, for God's yeah, sakes. Like, if you can't get one of the top 12 to me, and win your conference, then you really shouldn't be in. To me, bring back, if we're going to 12 teams, bring back the BCS formula and just go by that. Plug criteria into and plug a computer in. yeah. and have them spit out your 12 teams. I don't know if I just want the computers, but I, I think the people could do a good enough job getting the 12 because at that point i'm not going to care about what you're yeah. if you're the 13th team and you get in nobody should be guaranteed river. though yeah I, I agree but my point of that is we're not just going to give ohio state a pass for going to the playoff no we're not that, it's not going to mean too, the same it's too easy the buckeyes would be in it every year if you trace back to the urban meyer era every single year they're in the playoff so you can't just be cool with everything every year if you get in you're going to judge it differently the michigan game of course what you actually do in the college football playoff all of those things will be looked at so whatever like you said whatever ted Carter's canned response is going to be same day you make a staff change, right? Yeah. It's like you say that, oh, everything's great. Things are great. He's our guy. You know what? We got to, things are weird right now. We got to switch safeties coach and, you know, probably more coming too. Yeah. You'd have to think at least two or three more. But, at least. Uh, yeah. It's, it's totally different, you know, like, and that's how spoiled we are at Ohio State now is that for the past 20 years, we've been one of the top 12 teams in the country. Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to figure out how to win that last one again. You're there at the party. You've just got to be the last man standing. There's some rumblings of another huge get for the Buckeyes in the transfer portal. I'll tell you how rare of company this potential boom is in next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. We've been your Jackets flagship station since day one. All the goals, all the action, all the memories. Your home for the Columbus Blue Jackets, the fan, Ohio sports desk. The show where we pay people extra to host with Timmy Hall. This is the Buckeye Show. Hey, congratulations, Ryan Baker, on that extra money tonight. I was going to say, wait a second, I'm getting paid extra tonight? Somebody's got to tell me this. Paid extra. I don't know why it says paid extra. It's more like just paid regular. I don't know. Maybe there should be some kind of bonus fee for having to work with me. We will see. Back to Ohio State football here. We'll talk some Buckeye men's hoops coming up at 648 and see where they're going to go. This is going to be a big week. For Buckeye Hoops coming up two nights, game against a top 15 Wisconsin team. But Ryan, how excited are you when you see the little pin drop and Quinshawn Judkins, one of my favorite names in football. This dude is a really, really dynamic running back. If you have been watching him down there in Lane Kiffin's offense, another great football name, the quarterback, Jackson Dart. What a That's name. another good I mean, just out there throwing darts, right? And sometimes he throws a dart to Quinshawn Judkins, and then he'll do the rest. His yard per carry wasn't the most outstanding this last season. Sub four, but he was over 1,500 yards in his first season. Then he was over... 1,100 yards in his second season, has been a workhorse kind of guy. And anybody that is also keeping in company with a guy like Herschel Walker, when you go down to the SEC and names of lore, right? I think Herschel Walker, and I think just absolutely shredded, ripped, like Bo Jackson style, Mm -hmm. shredded and ripped. 
And wasn't he the dude that would do a thousand push-ups and a thousand sit-ups every, every single day. day? Every day. Every a single day. A thousand of both. He was still doing UFC in, in his 50s. I was going to say MMA fighter. Right, right? Yeah. MMA fighter. Herschel, an MMA guy. Judkins became the first SEC player since Herschel with 15-plus touchdowns in each of his first two college seasons in 23 here. Pretty good company. Yeah, led the league in rushing touchdowns the last two years. That guy's in Columbus, supposedly to visit Ohio State. What else is he doing? He's a transfer running back, but this becomes very interesting when we still don't know the future of some of these other big Buckeyes that hang in the balance, namely star running back Travion Henderson. You know, you can never have too many good players. Let's first off start by that. You can't have too many good players. The running back room is a room at Ohio State that is going to need bodies. Whether Travion comes back or not, I think you need bodies because I don't know if you can rely on true freshmen to give you the depth. This, though, on the surface when you first hear it, doesn't really make sense if Travion's coming back. Would this guy want to come to Ohio State and split carries with Travion? Would Would it be both in their best interest to display themselves for NFL teams splitting carries with the other. So on the surface, it doesn't really make sense. Now, if Travion goes, it makes all the sense in the world. And I'll tell you what, Timmy, if you're Dallin Hayden, you got to be thinking, what in the hell's going on here? I, yes, for Dallin. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. If it's, if you're Dallin Hayden and this happens and Travion comes back, it's a bye bye, right? Yeah, I mean you're at Tennessee next year, right? And if then you're, you're and then you're also looking for some freshmen to to bring depth mm-hmm. because again, like you said, sometimes two running backs, we've seen it happen here for in sure. the last two years. Two running backs would not be enough. I thought the same thing, knowing what I've known about Quinchon Judkins, I'm not gonna sit here and say I've been watching Ole Miss Rebels football religiously, but I knew the name immediately. I mean, I I remember this dude because he's had big time numbers. And when we scan college football scores from week to week throughout the past two years, Judkins has been a name that's been right up there. And he's a, a twitchy guy that has a good mix of power and speed when he runs the football, whether he's getting out there, right? You you like what you see. You absolutely like what you see when you turn on the film of this guy. He's an outstanding player, and he's got to be one of the most talented skill guys in the transfer portal right now today. I, I think you'd have to be him, though. You know what I'm saying? I, I sided with you when I first saw this. Wow. How is this happening if Travion Henderson is coming back? Is this telling us something? Is he poking around Ohio State because he's privy to what Travion is about to do? Or would he simply be cool joining the party? And is he going to hear enough coming back that makes him comfortable that even with Travion Henderson, he will still be a big, huge part of the offense? Trey Sermon came in here, and there were good backs that were already here. And he got his opportunities. And look what happened for him. That's probably an example that Ohio State coaches can quickly point to to show him how it could go. And when you got Will Howard, who's a big bruiser of a, you know, run, I don't know if you were calling Will Howard a running quarterback, but he absolutely can run the football. You might envision that the style of offense could adjust a little bit if they have two outstanding backs like Travion Henderson and Quinshawn Judkins to use all the time. That's all I'm saying. It, it doesn't have to be an end-all, be-all if Travion comes back and Judkins is getting a pile of money, for one, to come here. 
and he still feels comfortable that he's going to get the football enough to make an impact. And it, you mentioned that. Could they switch the offense? It's going to be very interesting to see. One, would Ryan Day do that? Would he go away from the pass, you know, like he likes to use the pass, to go to a more running, you mentioned JT Barrett style of offense earlier? Right. Um, it'll be interesting. And then you got a lot of mouths on the outside to feed, too. Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, Emeka Abuka possibly coming back, and he oh, wants to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. Uh, Jeremiah Smith, obviously all the talent that he's going to bring is the number one player in the country out on that wide receiver position. So it's going to be a, a balance for Ryan Day if this is what happens. Did JT Barrett not throw for 34-plus touchdown passes he did. in his better years? He did. Did he not have, you know, 80 to, I don't know, 80, somewhere between 85 and 95 touchdown passes? I mean, when his days were done at Ohio the State. time leader at Ohio State. I mean, it's not like that guy couldn't distribute the football to his weapons on the outside. The best offenses, or some of the best offenses, numbers wise, were there when it was, you know, 250, you know, to 275 rushing, 250 to, you know, 265 passing. Those were balanced attacks. Yeah. They could win games in different ways. When you had Zeke out there doing his thing, going, you know, running like a maniac, and then JT would run for 92 yards and three touchdowns and throw for 220 and three scores. It's some incredible offensive performances there. And again, I don't think Will Howard is going to have the CJ Justin Fields type of arm talent. But he gives you that element of the run in a 6'5", 242-pound body. Imagine if JT Barrett had that load that he could push for whenever for sure. he gets that you know, a yard or two away from the pylon and a, or for the first down marker and an outside linebacker trying to cut him off. That QB is falling forward. He's falling forward to get that stick. Josh Allen-esque, you know, Josh if Allen. you think of that. Um, it's, you know, and, you know, there are a lot of mouths to feed, but usually winning takes care of all of that. So... You know, whatever they can do to press the right buttons to make this all work, if it all happens, you know, winning is the ultimate uh, elixir for everything. Quinn Sean Judkins. 5'11", 210. I mean, kind of a, a big bag, isn't he, it? You know, he's quick, but he's very powerful as well, that's too. A, that's a perfect size running back. And I feel like most him, running average running back size would be what? 5'10", height-wise? Somewhere that five ten five eleven. You don't mix. get a lot of Adrian Petersons. No six two six three. No. You know Barry Sanders. What was he five nine? For like sure. Two hundred pounds. Good documentary. Probably the greatest ever him. to do it. So Bo Jackson was a bigger thick, guy. Stocky. Bo was bigger, right? He, I mean, he was one foot. of a kind, though, right? Yeah. He was a freak. T.J. Duckett, humongous, oh, oh. right? I mean, he was like an offensive lineman at the tailback <laughs> position. Ron Dane, big. <laughs> Now yes. we're just doing, who are the bigger backs that we can remember? Ron Dane. Touchdown Tommy Vardell. Tommy Vardell. Peyton Hillis. Hillis. I don't know. Mike was Hillis Allstott. tall, though? I don't think Hillis was. I think he was like 5'11". And was Allstott tall? I don't think he was very tall He either. was awesome, though. Yeah, he was a he was Big a NFL stats. Him and Warwick Dunn together. Wow, what a backfield. That's a backfield. Rodney Hampton. Tall, right? Oh, B- Brandon Jacobs. He was, what was a big fella. I think six he was 6'3". Six, I think Jacobs was 6'3". A.J. Dillon for the Packers has got to be over six foot, right? Or and and a load, too. I don't, I, don't <laughs> yeah, think, I don't think A.J. Dillon is, actually. No? But he's, he's a so big damn big. Man. He just looks like it. How tall was Keith Byers? Keith was uh, 
Six one. Yeah, I thought Keith had some size to him, and Keith wore shoulder pads that were larger than two human beings. He wore like that was old, thing. old linebacker shoulder pads. AJ Dillon is six foot, so good six call. foot. Keith, by the way, the first great pass catcher revolutionized what running backs do when he went to the NFL and started throwing up those receiving stats. I think he revolutionized the position in a fantasy football standpoint, too. And you started getting those receiving yards from Keith Byers back in the day. The oh, first the first guy. running back I remember that was great catching the ball out of the backfield and utilized was, well, the first that I remember personally was Roger Craig. Okay. From the All 49ers. Right. I'll give you that one. Yeah, Roger. Also, one of the best. One of the best. <laughs> those, yeah. those teams were some of the best. On some, on some decent teams, right? Old Roger Craig. Buckeye Hoops did not get the task done on Saturday night, and the reason for it seemed to be sticking out in bold lettering. Tell you what that is next. It's the Buckeye Show on the Fan. Head to 971thefan.com to listen on demand and subscribe to all our podcasts. Wasting time has never been easier. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. The home of Big Ten championships and future first-rounders. You're listening to the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Ryan Baker with you tonight on the Buckeye Show. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. And remember, if you missed any part of the show, we had a great first segment. You might have missed it. But as soon as the show is done, it gets uploaded and it is available in podcast form anywhere you get your audio just search up the Buckeye Show. You'll see the cartoon face there. Click download, subscribe. We certainly appreciate it. Ryan, little football roster update here. This was something that could happen, and it did. Ty Hamilton, local product. He is going to stick around for his fifth year senior season instead of going into the 2024 draft. So any kind of depth on that defensive line, especially that interior defensive line with Mike Hall going away, I say is a big deal. Dude. This defense, probably going to be pretty damn good again next year. Jack Sawyer is coming back. What are you going to get from that? Talik Williams. It is Jack Sawyer for sure going to make that turn and be that menace that you saw in that Cotton Bowl? Or was that just a product of that was a weird bowl game and not all these offensive lines are going to be that easy to rush on? Are you going to see a guy that gives you 10 sacks? Is that too much to ask for a stud defensive end in 12 to 15 football games to give you 10 sacks? I don't think it is. We know how much quarterback pressure is important, and we were spoiled here with that run of the Bosa's and Chase Young and whatnot. Jack Sawyer, though, according to Pro Football Focus, was the highest-rated defender on this Buckeyes team this year. You know, it's kind of it's kind of surprising because the sack numbers weren't there, but Jack did a lot of really, really good things for that Ohio State defense this year. That's the next progression though in his game, right? Is that getting pressure on the quarterback more consistently. Consistent pressure and just getting home, you know? Just getting home. Whether I don't know how much that is film study or extra work on your technique, all of it. I mean, you're talking about fractions of seconds. When you're in a business like that, getting home to the quarterback, a tenth of a second, two-tenths of a second, right, Ryan? That could be all the difference. The angle that you take mm-hmm. to approach the quarterback, knowing you know, from film study what this quarterback that I'm facing this week is accustomed to doing, whether he likes to cheat and break left in the pocket or step up in the pocket, how he usually does that, it's just a lot that goes into that. And those are the types of things that you're going to have to be working at 
tirelessly in the offseason to improve in those numbers. We also don't know how much of this is scheme either. Is their scheme to oh, let was, these guys loose and I, go after the quarter? You know, I think we it know just it was depends. Some. So. I think we know it was some. I mean, Jim Knowles has told us that. Yeah. So you're talking about, but I'm I'm talking about when it's just rushing for you know for sure. We're not talking about dialing up blitzes. We're just talking about good old fashioned. I am going to work on the right tackle today, and but, I'm going to study him, and it's going to be a battle all day long. It's going to be Michael Strahan against who is the big big dog for big John Runyon, you know, it's going to be Strahan yeah. against big, ugly John Runyon. But, you know, and with that, though, sometimes when you're rushing for maybe the pressure is supposed to come more from the inside and Jack is supposed to be watching for a screen pass mm-hmm. or a dump out. You know, we just don't know exactly what they're being told, how they're being taught to play the, the defense the way they need to. All right. I told you I'd get to some Buckeye men's basketball and doing that right now because that was a, a chance. Great chance on Saturday night to get above 500 in Big Ten conference play and to win on the road. And there are some things now, there's some boxes that you want to start checking if you're this basketball team. Winning a conference game on the road, I think, is at the top of the list right now. It's been since the first game of the season last year. On the road at Northwestern, they looked really good, right? And then the collapse happened. Mm -hmm. So that's a long time to go in between conference road games, and we get it. We know it's hard to do. It's just dialed up. That was a game that Indiana felt like they had to win. They've got Xavier Johnson back as their point guard, so much like that West Virginia game. That West Virginia team was totally different than the team that started the season. They had three impact players that came back. Indiana at least got Xavier Johnson, who's a a big-time player for them, and he hit big shots, but... You know, some breakdowns on defense, the post-defense late when Renew just kept getting after him, scoring bucket after bucket down there. But the thing that was just, I said, in bold lettering, what went wrong here is that your backcourt of Bruce and Roddy were 7 of 34, and they were 0 for 12 from the three-point line. There was a possession there with about eight minutes to go. Where Battle missed a shot. Evan Mahaffey, God love him for what he can't do offensively, but grabbing rebounds, gets a board, kicks it out to Bruce. He bricks it. Evan gets another offensive board, kicks it out to Roddy. He bricks it. And then Indiana finally gets the rebound. That was it, man. And the other thing I have to put there, too, is that Roddy Gale continues to have problems turning the basketball over. It's one mm-hmm. thing if you can't hit the broad side of a barn, right? Bruce Thornton gave you five assists and zero turnovers. Yeah. Roddy Gale gave you five turnovers. A guy that's that crucial to your team, he has got to get better in that area or it's going to continue to cost them in some of these road games. And I think with Roddy, it's just a progression of he needs to slow down a lot of times. A lot of times it seems like he's going too fast and he just needs to and you know hopefully he's still a young player sure hopefully over time and experience that game will slow down for him but i think sometimes when he's having issues it just seems like everything is going too quick he just needs to take a breath a lot of times too and if you watch him i like it better when he's attached to the ball Mm -hmm. like maybe sometimes you don't have to give it up yeah you keeping it you staying on the dribble because he's another guy He's not quite there as Bruce is, where Bruce is a dude that can get buckets. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing, too, where when Bruce is ice cold from three, I'm more comfortable with him just not don't take another three the rest of the game. But when, you know, you're cold shooting, 
you have to change things up, right? So get back into that mid-range. Drive to the basket a little bit more. That's another thing they didn't do enough in that Mm -hmm. game. Roddy, though, keep the ball on you and work yourself into that paint because he can hit that teardrop, that floater where he gets in there, head fakes, and then puts the shot up. He got a big and one that way to start the second half. Roddy's a guy, too, with his athletic ability and his explosiveness. I think he can get to the rim whenever he wants. He throws down thunderous dunks, man. Whenever he wants, he can get, uh, you know, he can drive to the hoop and get a shot. So, yeah, I would agree with you there with his athletic ability. Keep the ball on you a little bit. This is such a big week. Such a big week for them. And Chris Holtman right away is looking to this Wisconsin one. You know, my focus is this really good Wisconsin team, the best team we've played, coming in here on Wednesday night at 830. Hopefully we have a great crowd, an energized crowd, uh, a crowd that is ready to go. It's going to be great to have our students back. I'm super excited about that. I know we've got some great uh, things planned for for for, uh, for that evening, the, the tickle ticket people have told me so hopefully it's going to be a um, a great crowd against a tremendous opponent that i don't know what the ap has them at right now but i'm assuming it's top you know 15 to 20 and it's an exciting challenge for us it is he mentioned the ticket people not the tickle people they will not that could be fun though that could be a fun change up if the redcoats are there tickling you so you can have a better time at the game i think it's a big week and i think they need a 2-0 and week because you got Wisconsin at home. Then on the road at Michigan, it's not a great Michigan team, but it doesn't matter. It's Big Ten play on the road. We see how that goes. It's National Championship Monday. We got a nice hate watch coming up. And the commissioner of our conference said something that may interest you. That and more in our college football pulse. Next, it's the Buckeye Show on the fan. If you're looking for the radio home of the crew, you've come to the because if we weren't, this promo would be very stupid. Proud to be your cruise station. The best. It's time for the College Football Pulse on the Buckeye Show. Hour two of the Buckeye Show, National Championship Monday night. We'll, we'll kind of shift into National Championship mode here. When do we think the kickoff is going to hit? It's a 730 join i mean their their network coverage actually started at 6 30 so we're joining at 7 30 which is pretty close to kickoff but let's say like 7 43 i've seen 7 45 on oh, social media okay i don't know if that's confirmed but all right that sounds right what do you think i, I need an exact i'm gonna exact time 47 47 feels right 751 51 we're going very late oh you're not making me feel good about 743 now <laughs> I can't change, though. I already said. All right, Bodie, what do we got here? Let's start us off with some college football things. Title game tonight. Yeah, Washington against Michigan tonight in Houston. The Wolverines are five-and-a-half-point favorites I've seen. I think the line kind of opened up around four, four-and-a-half, so maybe it's moving five in Michigan's half. way a five little half bit. Michigan. Yeah, that's what I saw on ESPN, at least. Obviously, that can vary from uh, where you get your lines there and whatnot and do your sports gambling. But, yeah, number one, number two team. I don't know. I'm actually not sure how often that's happened in the college football playoff era. That's something I could probably get a looked up. Where the one and, one and two Yeah, one and two met. Mm. I guess it's probably like half the time. Feels like there's been plenty where three and four have gotten there as well. But over the 10 years. Well, we, know Ohio, we know the first one was Ohio State getting in as the four. Yeah, so there's been a couple times where there. Bama, I mean, just last year, TCU was three, right? Michigan was two. I would have to guess Correct. off the top of my head. So yeah. there you go. Yep. But nevertheless, yeah, Michigan, Washington. 
tonight. We guys, you guys got an early feel, or maybe not an early feel. We're only thirty minutes from kickoff or so. But well, you know what? I'm we know not, where our hearts are with this one, s- but maybe our head where we think. I know where my pick. wallet is okay. tonight. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that you know maybe not an early feel, but it's not like I've been studying this game for the past week because I care so much about it. This is one of those things where I'm a I'm a Buckeye guy, right? We're all listening to this show. I just said I'm a Buckeye guy. Now I feel like I should be wearing a white cowboy hat and a white cape, right? No, not not in that sense. But this is, I feel that this season has been so ugly for us and losing to them for the third straight time. They've got the cheating scandal going on. But at the time that you played the game, I didn't really want to think about it at the time. It's not that it doesn't matter. It's I said this all before. It's just a it's just a vibe. It's just a mood and a tone where it doesn't matter if they cheated, you still had a job to do. You have to go and end that streak. You need to jolt some energy, Ryan, back into your program. They didn't get it done. Now we're sitting here, you know, saying goodbye to a safeties coach. You know, I got reading comments from the new president. Dreaded vote of confidence, right? <laughs> to the head coach, the phrase that they use. Michigan's playing for a national championship. Their coach's future is undecided, but they could cap off this era with a national championship. Who knows if it sticks in the future with what the NCAA decides, but they're there. They're going to play on the field tonight in Houston. I feel like we're going to have more pain coming our way, and we're going to have to stomach watching the conf- the confetti fall, and it's maize and, maize and blue and... <laughs> Jim Harbaugh with his deer in the headlight look, giving creepy, weird <laughs> comments about being a champ and overcoming all oh, this yeah. adversity. Michigan versus everybody. Us. Michigan versus everybody. It's going to be the worst post game press conference ever. Or like when they interview the coach right after the championship is handed out if Michigan wins. Guys, I got to tell you about halfway through the year, I started thinking Washington was the best team. In college football, I've still thought that way. I've put my money where my mouth is on that before the CFP started. I've been backing Washington and Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer the whole way. I will say this, watching the semifinals last week, I got really nervous with Kalen DeBoer's coaching. No, with Washington's (laughs) ability to stop the run against Michigan tonight. I'm really concerned about that. But if I'm Michigan, I'm really worried about my secondary being able to stop all three of those receivers for Washington and Michael Penix making time with his legs to make plays downfield. So I'm still going with Washington tonight, I think it's going to be like a 37-31 type game, but I'm going with the Huskies. There were two things on the coaching front with that Washington game last week. They tried to give it away. Now, they did. They did. Before that, I, I'm i blanking now. Who did Washington beat? They beat Texas. Texas and Sark. I did not know why Sark didn't go for two on the, on the touchdown and in the fourth quarter. I'm trying to understand why you don't go for two so that way you know exactly what you need. You've seen this done before in the NFL by a lot of squads, even when they're down an even 14. Mm -hmm. Even when they're down just straight up two touchdowns, if you get that first touchdown, you'll go for two. Yeah. 
That way, if you're down six, great. You're going to be kicking the extra point for a victory if you're lucky enough to get that opportunity. But then you know at but, least. But, but you're, you're not stopping Washington. I think it would be a win if you held them to a field goal because they were just continuing to throw on you, hitting you with those you know short passes. Penix was getting up, up the middle and running on you. I didn't know why you happily stayed down that many points. Go for two. Go for two and try to get that. Then you're in it, but then at the end, I mean, Kalen DeBoer with that, the, Texas should not have even had that final possession. They should not have even had that final possession. Their last chance was the low percentage onside kick. And when they didn't get the onside kick, game should have been over. At best, they should have been going 92 yards with, what, 10 seconds left? Something of that nature. That's the way that went. But I, I saw this story, guys, that... Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey told ESPN, and he was talking, you know, the commissioners hang around the national championship. He's going to the national championship game, even though the SEC is not in it. He was disappointed in the acrimony that ensued following the selection committee's controversial final ranking last month. Don't you love hearing that? I roll my eyes at that, that Greg Sankey had big problems with an outcry. Now, there's a difference. You can't you can't be a crazy lunatic and threaten volunteers that are on the committee just because Florida State gets left out. But to have a problem with people being a little bit unnerved that an undefeated conference champ got left out? Well, it just proved everything that was there in the beginning that the four-team model was always going to leave yourselves open to scrutiny. I don't know why Sankey was that upset about that, that there could be people upset with the decision that was made in final. Listen, we're still going to have this with the 13 and 14 teams that get left out of the 12-team playoff. I don't, we, that I don't believe. I think, you know, we will. Those schools are going to be upset about it. People are going to be angry. There won't be any still, amplifying We still it, have people do it every year on the selection committee for the NCAA tournament. Oh, we we have a, you we, care about those teams that don't get in the NCAA tournament? No, Who cares I about them? They make a big deal of it on TV. And and this it's team white, got it's white noise. And this team got ten, this. Ten minutes of content on Selection Sunday, but then we move I'm, on and play. What I'm saying is, like I said earlier in the show, let's take the committee away. Let's, you know, put the polls in with the computer systems that we have and put them together, do a BCS-style ranking, and that's how we get our 12. So, you know, if people are upset, they can be mad at computers. Here's what, what Tony Petiti said, the Big Ten's leader about this. He said that he doesn't think the aftermath of the selection day is going to prevent others from serving on the committee because Sankey was walking down that road, too. No one's going to want to do this. Oh, yeah, No right. one's going to want to volunteer to do this you. and, you know, fly and eat the shrimp cocktails yeah. and talk college Get football. Get extra money, I'm sure. Like, right. I don't know what they're getting paid, but... Yeah, is it just totally free? They say they're volunteers, I'm sure whatever. but there no okay, checks Okay, maybe cut? they're not getting no, an I, actual... I, I, I'm yeah. not sure. Even I would if they're not, though, it's like you said, they fly them down and it's like, hey, just hang out and watch college football. He said... Uh, Petiti said the focus was on respecting how difficult that job is and that the season's controversy further showed that four isn't the right number. He said, I say that because I look at Ohio State's season. It's not just Florida State. We had some pretty good teams that could get on a roll and win a national championship that weren't included. So talk about politicking. Yeah. Your Big By Ten way, leader. Not just Florida State. The Buckeyes. Buckeyes. Too. Tony Petiti back you in had the Buckeyes. Your chance. Get out of here.
Oh, for sure they did. For sure they did. Listen, we've got Michigan and Washington tonight, the teams one and two. We could argue that four was too many this year. We could argue last year that four was too many. You know, and people are going to make a deal about how some of the early round games could give you some blowouts. Yeah, no kidding. But what does that do to get down to the end? The the college football playoff semifinals were great. Newsflash, you're still going to have college football playoff semifinals. In this new format, you'll just play a couple more rounds to get there. Then you'll still have the cream rising to the top for these great matchups in the end. And maybe there will be a Cinderella that makes it through a little. Time for one more, Bode. Oh, uh, that was kind of all I had really there for you. Oh, that's good. stuff with Greg Sankey and then tonight's game. So, Well, how do you think this is going? How are you going to watch this uh, as a Notre Dame fan oh, somewhere yeah. neutral in the middle? Neutral. <laughs> Tim, that's the thing about Notre Dame. Southern Cows are rival. Michigan is our enemy. And I will not be rooting for Michigan tonight. Good, good. But if I had to pick a team to win, I would pick Michigan. I guess uh. I forgot that. I guess I wasn't. I guess uh. I wasn't living in uh, Notre Dame shoes right there. What 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 is the latest with the rivalry though? Is isn't it not being played anymore? Did they put a stop? Oh to yeah, that? we haven't played Michigan long time, for a right? few Years now, and it's not coming back anytime and soon, is it? It's on the schedule for like one of those twenty. I think it's like thirty three and thirty four. We got a home and home with them, which. If the world's even still around, then I guess we can look forward 34? to 34? Yeah. <laughs> Which is just around the corner. When is that, we, when is that Georgia that matchup coming for Ohio State? Isn't that in I the 30s? Yeah. I, don't, I actually think that'll be played before the next Notre Dame-Michigan matchup is. But, oh, yeah. I think Michigan at the line of scrimmage, that's where they'll win it tonight. I hope I'm wrong. All Wouldn't right. be shocked at all, though. Good stuff with the college football polls. This is the play. All right, coming up here, there was a hot college football take floating around last week, and I want to get completely behind it. Tell you what that is next. It's the Buckeye Show on the fan. If you consider yourself a Buckeye fan, you've come to the right place. This is your heritage sports talker and home of Ohio State Athletics, the fan, Ohio's sports destination. The show that knows how to throw a big, giant Buckeye party. You're listening to the Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall and Ryan Baker, also Bodie Wells, hanging out with you fine Buckeye fans tonight. Party on, Ryan. Party on, Timmy. And party on, Bodeman. Party on, Washington. And party on to the men's Ohio State hockey team. Yes, they got Notre Dame coming up. Ooh, big time. They fought their way back to 500 on the season, and... One very special caller is going to win four tickets, not just two tickets. Wow. Four tickets. You're taking the whole family to see Ohio State men's hockey take on Notre Dame Friday, January 12th. Tickets on sale through OhioStateBuckeyes.com. Check OhioStateBuckeyes.com for all your news and notes about every every one of your favorite Buckeye teams. Pick a number, Ryan. Um, Let's make it easy. For the Bode man. Let's go three. Three. Caller number three. I'll just say uh, that's how many points I hope Washington beats Michigan by, but I don't think it's going to go down that as way. As long as it's by one, my bank account will be happy. <laughs> as long as it's by one, I'll be happy. I hope I'm wrong. I think Michigan's going to win. I hope I'm wrong. 821-9710. 614-821-9710. Caller three gets the tickets. And, of course, we here at the Buckeye Show are brought to you by our fine friends at CareSource, and also by Schottenstein Roofing. Absolutely. Maybe when they call in, Bodie will give them a whole scouting report on the Notre Dame hockey team as well, too. Absolutely. I wasn't done with my read there. For oh, top, my bad. <laughs> for top quality and a price match guarantee, 
visit schottensteinroofing.com. I jumped no, your read. All, no, you're all good, man. You're all good. So we, we get to the we get to the end here. We get to the national championship game. And I want to go back to a, a hot take that I saw floating around social media. I'm, I'm sure you saw this, Ryan. I'm sure you thought about it because who didn't check out and just soak in that college football semifinal game at the Rose Bowl. Just so so beautiful. Forget it. Forget about Michigan and Alabama for a second. But those are two iconic teams, and I don't care if that wasn't Big Ten, Pac-12. It was neat to see uniforms like that, rich college football history, playing at a venue. As you said, and you said when we were getting ready to jump back on the air, traditions being tradition is completely under attack right now. In this sport. Doesn't matter at all anymore. No, it doesn't. So you need to find certain things that are a part of college football history and tradition and try to put those up on a pedestal as best as you can. And that venue, that place, which I've never even been to, but it is so pretty to just watch on the aerial shots. Imagine what it's like to be there. It just, the the San Gabriel Mountains, the sunset, how you could have snow in one, in one spot and bright sunshine in the other spot. Mm-hmm. It is so magical. And I agree with the people that have been saying that that should become the sole home for the national championship game, the Rose Bowl. They should make it a thing. Like the Big Ten, for the most part, has made it a thing that Indianapolis is where their championships end. They like to get cute sometimes. And what happens when they get cute? We all hate it. We all think it's stupid and it sucks. Just ask the voice of reason, Paul Keels, how he <laughs> feels when they start screwing with things being in Indianapolis at the Big Ten level. I still say we need a Big Ten championship game in Vegas now. <laughs> no! Just so we can all go. No. We no. can all go and have a time. What do you think about that, though? Rose Bowl, national championship, make the deal. Get a 25-year agreement going. Let's go. It'll never happen, but I think it would be great. What I would love it. I would love it if they did that. I think that it's in NRG tonight yeah. where the Astros break. play. or No, not where the, the Astros, Astros play, yeah, but the, who is it? The Texans. The, yeah. the Texans. They play a stupid. game there against yes. the Browns on Saturday. It's just stupid that that's in that stadium. I don't like it. Well, I think it would be great, though, at the Rose Bowl every year. Let's, let's Like you said, let's make it happen. There's there's two two ideas and you help me out with one of these here. The one that I always had as far as, you know, keep in mind, we've already said we, I'd like the national championship game to be at the Rose Bowl. But how you would structure this, because the change is happening now, so you may as well, and they haven't done this, but you may as well think of big picture discussions, how you would structure it. I would say option one would be to start the college football season a little bit later than we're starting it now. So that you're more in line week to week with with the NFL. You know, they they start after Labor Day. You're going up against the NFL every weekend anyhow. You get that one free weekend at the beginning of the season, then yeah. you're lined up with them every week. So you do that because you have these you have more games. You're gonna want to keep the conference championship games mm-hmm. because it's money, right? You need more and more money now more than ever because paying college players is coming. It's it's absolutely coming. So you need that money. So I say start it later. And then you find a way to get that bye week after the semifinals going into the last game to where it falls right there in the empty weekend after conference championship Sunday and before Super Bowl Sunday. And you get off Monday and you have Sunday, 6 o'clock p.m., 
3 o'clock on the West Coast Sunday to where you get the Rose Bowl in all its glory and you get the second half with the sun going down. The sunset, dusk, darkness, everything. I would love it. I think it'd be great if somehow you get it on there. I don't know if they'll make it happen. Uh, but man, that would be really awesome. You know, like you said, Super Bowl Sunday is a thing all unto itself. Let's make the national championship the weekend before the same thing. That'd be awesome. You know, the other thing would be you stop take you you get rid of the huge gap in December. You'd start a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. and then that way you maybe get rid of. You could take a Saturday because the NFL playoffs will be yeah. going on, but you could still get off a Monday and maybe have a Saturday. I would your love that too. Then you have Sunday for the NFL and yeah. to recover. It'd be awesome. Sunday would have, you'd have some NFL playoff games, whatever that is. You you dip into you know first weekend of January, kind of like it is now. Quit you making sense, Timmy. I'm sorry. I'm not trying. Well, we've come to the end. the The player is going to uh, the, the player. Washington's running back supposedly a go tonight. As he went off with the injury, Dylan Johnson. Good news. So you'll see that. So that helps you. Their offensive line, Michael Penix Jr. And this Michigan team with the cheating scandal, it just keeps winning behind J.J. McCarthy. Go Huskies. Go Huskies is right. Bodie, Ryan Baker, thank you boys again. Podcast will be available just after the show is done. National championship coverage next on The Fan. The Buckeye Show is sponsored by CareSource. Proud to be your home for Ohio State Athletics. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination.